Welcome to the end of season episode of the Bearcast. And wow. <laughs> what a final day that was. So we'll start before um with I guess some roster moves. So I think we already mentioned all the like guys that were like placed on IR like Tevin, Blackwell, and uh what was his name? Schofield. We signed Demarcus Gates, Terrell Lewis, and Jalen Holmes from the practice squad. I know Terrell Lewis Somebody's been hyping him up a lot, and then uh, he ended up not playing <laughs> for some reason. Uh, Devin Hester was named a Hall of Fame finalist, so hopefully he finally gets in. Uh, Fields did not play. I do believe we mentioned this last episode, and I think we also mentioned that EQ got extended last episode. I can't remember. Yeah. And then we also saw, we also handed out a bunch of uh, practice squad extensions, pretty much. Yeah, but we don't really need to cover that. The most imp- The most intriguing one, um, wasn't really many intriguing ones. Symbol Sim- Webster's back. Ooh. Yay. Um, but yeah, I get the Vikings game. Right? Oh, what? I bet. We, can... we signed Reese Found and Jonathan Jeter to oh, the right. futures. Found's a receiver. Jeter's a D lineman. And then uh the other seven, I believe it was, right? Seven. Yep. Um well, I'm pulling that up now. Tight end Chase Allen. Uh Road. Adrian Colbert safety. Quoni Dang linebacker. Jerry Green defensive end. Jake Tong's tight end and Simba Webster receiver and Kellen Deesh offensive tackle. I like Deesh. I had him uh I had a lot of mocks of him to the Bears, and I remember we stole him up from the Dolphins. W, but yeah, um, this is that pretty much it for roster moves. Um, yeah, that's basically it for the moves. Um, so we'll quickly cover the Vikings game and then we'll kind of go to the off season. Like we'll talk, we'll discuss it. First of all, I'll just say my playoff predictions. Um, I have the Bills winning the Super Bowl over the Eagles. Nothing's changed from my preseason pick. I have the Niners winning it over the Bills. Although I, I do feel like. I feel like Purdy can't win everything. He can't win every game. There's no That's chance. true. Oh, I, oh isn't, there, isn't there someone that says Jimmy G might be back? Whatever? I don't know. Hold on. Let me see. Though, I don't know if they'll stick with Purdy because. He's been hot. The 49ers goal is still for Jimmy G to return late in playoffs. So, I think that I think might actually take, take Jimmy G. If Jimmy G starts the Eagles game, they might win. But for now, I'll say they'll lose the Eagles game. I'll say they beat the Seahawks and the Vikings. One pick, the one pick I did, I wasn't one hundred percent sure about was Cowboys Buccaneers. I know the Buccaneers finished with an eight nine record, but come on, Brady at home though. Yeah, there's that's interesting. I have the Cowboys winning, but I don't think they'll go too far. They won't win convincingly. I'll say that. I have the – and the other one I think that could go the other way is the Chargers and Jaguars. Jaguars are on a good uh, run right now. They have momentum. Could make, could They could cause noise. Um, obviously, if they beat the Chargers, they'll have to go and face Kansas City. I think this is the year the Bills finally do beat Kansas City, though, and they'll win it for Lamar. They have the extra motivation now. Yeah. All right, so the Vikings game, um, not too much happened, honestly. It wasn't as much of a blowout as I thought it was going to be. It was only a 16-point game. Um, Vila scored. He got into the end zone. That was crazy. Th- that um, was weird. Like, so, I'm up in, like, the 400s because I, w- I was at this game. It was actually an, inter- it was an interesting game to watch to see, like, because, like, we you could tell how much better Peterman was than Tim Boyle, dude. Oh my God, I we'll get into Tim Boyle for a second. Peterman actually surprised me a little bit. Yeah, he Peterman was play. actually pretty decent. I wasn't. Uh, he threw a pass to touch on to Cole Komet. I like the effort and Cole. We'll also discuss Ryan pulls his presser too in a little bit because, like, I think there's a lot of interesting things that he said. 
But um, yeah, if Tim Boyle's in a Bears uniform next year, I. I... <laughs> yeah, Peters Peterman wasn't actually that bad, but um, Vilas got in. It was crazy because he like it, we he ran it. We I was like looking. We all thought he got like. Everyone on TV probably saw he stepped out and thought he stepped out. Everyone in the stadium thought he stepped out, unless you were like right on that side. I was on the complete other side of the field though, so I was. We were watching from the Bears side. Come to think of it, I don't think I've ever watched a game from the opponent side, hmm. like in that stadium. Yeah, because the the only other time I wasn't on the Bears side was uh, was I was in one of the end zones. But anyways, so yeah, up in like the high four hundreds. Hike to get up to the to the seats, but um, we saw the Vila and we're like, whoa, what the? What? How did he score? Like, we thought he stepped out. I even went to like check my phone for a second, and then like, I and then I look up. I right as I'm about to grab to check my phone, I look up and I just see Vila just zoom by everyone. Yeah, no. If you're if you're looking at like tightrope type plays, that was a tightrope type yeah. play, like. Oh, yeah. Also, Velas in the first quarter had a contested catch. Yeah, no, Velas. Very bad day for Velas haters. Yeah, no, awful, horrible, dreadful day. It's also, if you're actually, we'll cover them later. Uh, I was going to talk about the Bulls for a sec, but we'll we'll get to them. Um, They've been doing better. They have, yeah. The Celtics Uh, game, I think we lost last night just because DeMar, like. DeMar was out, and, uh, um, what's his name? Al Horford got a lucky three in, and then that pretty much sealed it, but. Yeah. It's been a brutal week for Zach Levine haters. Oh yeah, Zach Levine has been cooking. He has been white hot. Um which yeah. which makes me happy as a Zach Levine jersey owner. Um Yeah, I have a Caruso jersey owner, so Um anyways, Greg Stroman got a pick in this game. Nice back-to-back games with an interception because if you go back to preseason, so nice for him. Um Let's see. Komet scored Tim Boyle sucks. He threw two picks. Uh, one of them was like we were. One of them, I literally, I the first pick, I literally was like, "What the fuck?" I I, I literally I, said that. Like everyone in the stadium had a was solid like, ten yards of separation, and he skied it like it was. And then the second one was picked off by Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley started acting like he was the greatest thing ever after picking off our fourth string quarterback late in the fourth when we had a three and thirteen record, up by sixteen. Um, he posted the Terrell Owens thing, thinking he was him. He is not, bro. I can't wait for next year to get an actual competent quarterback and like Fields starts cooking, or not quarterback, uh, wide receiver. Fields like cooks and throws a deep ball that he hits. Okay, let's be honest. Fields hits Claypool on that play. Fields hits Claypool on that play. He hits him on the other play. Claypool gets his first touchdown. But Tim Boyle was praying on his downfall that day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Any Jesus. Like So we so we lost. And uh we needed the, the Houston to win. They were winning a good portion of the game. We were all like following that in the stadium. So okay, here actually before so before it's it's funny, I heard someone on like the other side, because like I I was saying like right on an aisle like row. I saw someone. I heard someone on the other side of the aisle say over under under Nathan Peterman pick six interceptions, and and they set the over under at five, and everyone said over. <laughs> Anyways, so we were following that game throughout, and then late we were like, oh come on man, that's it. Our hopes are done. Fourth and ten, Texas complete a pass to uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, great. Then it becomes fourth and twenty. Mind you. There's a statistical – there's a stat. No team this season has converted a fourth and 20-plus. Until until on Sunday, the Texans, Davis Mills, rolls out, chucks a bomb Hail Mary, somehow finds a wide-open tight end. How he does up. he get that open? <laughs> and then they go for two, and the same dude gets wide open again. Atkins, I, I don't know his first name, but Atkins, number eighty-eight, Bears legend. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I think the Colts are just trying to outtake, outtake the Texans. They want that number one pick. I think they know they can get a better deal with us. I think that's yeah. kind of why. I think like, well, the Texans would not trade their pick to the Colts. No, of course not. It's divisional, so yeah, the Colts are gonna give us a big haul because. We'll talk about pre- speaking of pressers. We'll get to polls in a second. But Chris Ballard, there, the Colts GM, had their presser. 
at his presser. And um, oh yeah, Chris Ballard's on some Ryan Pace shit right now. Reminder that Ballard was one of the finalists for the 2015 job before Ryan Pace got it. The Colts have gone with a lot of like old veterans. Now they need a young guy. And they said that if they think that there's a guy at the top, a.k.a. Bryce Young, he will do whatever he can to get Bryce Young. He will jump through heaven and hell to get that quarterback. And we are probably the most willing team to trade up, I I think so, or trade Trade down. down. Well, and then here's the interesting thing. He said, like, I'll jump through, like, heaven and hell to get him. That statement was so dumb by him because now – Ryan Poles can jack that price up. <laughs> he can price that shit up. Give us your next three firsts. No, no, no. Next, next 18. We're going to go next 18 first. DeForest Buckner. Quentin uh, Nelson. Stephon Gilmore. Michael Pittman. We'll throw Quentin in Nelson. Jeff Saturday. Um, he could be like a like a. He can be most, he's most the first replacement. Yeah, most the first replacement. Or he could work a food stand if we need him to. Um, and then, also, grab Quinn Nelson from that deal. Oh, yeah. We'll take Quinn Nelson as well. Um, uh, we'll grab your next 20 seconds and 30 thirds. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Thank you, Chris Ballard. <laughs> you know what? We'll take Lucas Oil Stadium. If you could find a way to move that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for, your, thanks for your defensive coordinator last year. I heard your defense was pretty bad this year. <laughs> Yeah, what happened? <laughs> All right, anyways. So, I did my first mock draft yesterday, and people seem to wonder why the fuck I traded with the Cardinals. Let me tell you, PFF shit is fucked up. The Cardinals are the only team that offered me a, a deal, and I couldn't trade for anyone else without forcing it. I didn't want to force a trade. PFF is, is I realistic, but... I was given a. What was he saying? Never mind. Anyway, so I ended up trading down with. I made five trades after that, or after that, I made four of the trades, mostly middle round picks. I ended up with fourteen selections, which I mean, we ended up we turned five into eleven last year, so we might actually turn. We might have more this year. Think about it, and also. <laughs> The uh, PFF also included um, which we'll call them uh, comp- compensatory picks too. So, so I chose Will Anderson with three, Gardo Cyrus Torrance with thirty four, wide receiver Rasheed Rice with fifty five, center with sixty four, uh, D line with sixty six, some of Zay Flowers with ninety six, and I chose another center at one forty one because you can never because. After the last season I have witnessed of center play, I can just never get too much center. Dude, Christopher is on my football team. <laughs> he is on the <laughs> roster next year. <laughs> I don't even want him back as a backup, bro, because if he's in, the offense is ruined. Yeah. I want Deuce Vaughn. He reminds me a lot of Tricone. Deuce Vaughn, yeah. No, we we if if there is a Universe where Monty goes, we're gonna need a receiving back and badly because Ebner is not cutting it. Well, just cut Ebner and just bring back, bring in Deuce Vaughn to be like a RB three. Yep, that's how that's how it goes. Because you had at one at one point you could have if you if the Bears don't trade Jordan Howard at one point you could have had Monty Howard and Cohen. That would have been crazy. Yeah, but we but Howard didn't really fit uh, Nagy's Nagy's system. Looking back, no one did, but it's okay. Yeah, that's fair. Now he tried to make everyone fit into his system. He tried to make his quarterback fit into his system, not build around his quarterback. <laughs> Take notes, Nagy. Anyways, um, yeah, I took a tackle. I took an edge. Linebacker, linebacker, tackle, tight end. Anyways, that's basically the mock draft. Okay, so end of season. Uh... Uh, Polls press conference. Right. Very um, end of season. So obviously, end of season polls. Uh, Flus didn't say much. If look, being honest, like he kind of just like it was more polls that did the talking, not Flus. But he did answer a couple questions. Said there might be staff changes soon. So. 
uh, on the Poles side of things, he basically shut down all. I'm gonna take a quarterback with number one rumors. Thank God. Um, I, I I saw an idea from somebody that said if I was the Bears, I would I would I, if I was someone in the Bears, I would send I would send Shefty uh, a little quarter a little. Hey, we might take a quarterback with one. Bring up that price. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll send. But being honest. Poles says that stuff, and then the like couch nerds like think, "Oh, the Bears are gonna trade or gonna take a QB with that." No, we're not. Everyone in the league knows we're not taking a quarterback with that. No, yeah, no. I, I want you guys to if you, if you're still hung up, oh, we should. All right, let's, let's let's set this scenario up, okay? So if we don't trade down, we can't build a better team. We're locked into a quarterback, okay? So today we, we we take Bryce Young. He's 190 pounds, 510, and Sam Mustafer is still his center. How do you think that's going to end? I just like. <laughs> oh yeah, it's fucked. We're we're done. Yeah. Um Also, interesting thing: Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were fired one year ago today. Um, Nagy obviously deserved to be canned. Uh, should have been gone way before that. Yeah. It- but Pace, the Bears don't like the fire coaches midseason, so. Yeah, uh, Pace, I was kind of iffy on at the time. It was, it was, it was the right move, definitely. Looking yeah, looking back, back on it, it was definitely the right move because as, because everyone's like in the moment, you think, oh, Ryan Pace hasn't been too bad. Once you really look back on like, and especially what Pulse has done tearing down the roster, you really do see what Pace kind of left us with, and it was kind of in a hole. Yeah, no, he, we were going, we were heading yeah. into it either way. Um. And I just don't think the Bears want to pace to lead that. He did assemble a pretty good win now team. It's just Nagy. Yeah, Nagy. Not really. Not, well, uh, to be honest, in that playoff game, you can't. I yeah, you can blame the loss on Parky all you want, but when you look at it, the offense was terrible. No, it, we thrived off of field position. We should have easily won that game, like on offense. We should. It, Parky should not have been in that situation. Calling a jet sweep on a on a two point conversion. Not not to mention people for people forget that the defense folded on that final Eagles drive, and and all and all we had to do was make a fourth down stop late, and we would have won the game. It's just people like to go for the scapegoat. That's the thing. Also, yeah. let's not forget that Roquan had a pick six taken away from him for bullshit. Oh, no. speaking of Roquan, he got paid basically the exact same amount the Bears offered him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Poles just left a bad taste in his mouth or something. But Jesus, man, really? Like he, I don't know if it was a guaranteed money, but like, what the fuck? How does that? If Poles offers you the same deal as the Ravens, maybe with just a little less guaranteed money, like, how does that offend you? Maybe you just didn't want to sit through the rebuild, and I that there is a unless, that. like unless like polls offered him like nineteen mil a year. It's like what the fuck? Like polls even told us he told us that it would have made Roquan the highest paid off ball linebacker in the league. And let's not forget that the, that Ian Rappaport when he tweeted this cited Saint Omni, which, which raises a bunch of different questions back to when. There was the con the whole contacting thing about teams for a possible trade. That look, raises a bunch of suspicion now. Yeah, no, look, I because love Because now we find out that St. Omni is actually a real person. Jesus. Man. This is like, not I, some made up character by Roquan. This is a real person. Yeah, no. It, it's I love I love Roquan. I still think he's a great player, but I'm I'm gonna speak now there were character issues left and right isn't oh yeah i i'm still confused back in 2019 week four against the minnesota vikings he missed a game for a personal issue like out of nowhere and nobody ever knew what it was and then it look as much as i like to make fun of the boat thing that was really just poor taste at especially during peak uh Peak Roma yeah. too. That was that was a poor taste. Um is and then uh and then we all remember and then I think you guys might have heard about what happened in South get into the, Yeah. And then even his rookie, like rookie negotiations, that was Oh yeah, that was like he held out for a long while. All right, let's go back to the presser. Yeah. Um 
Also, this is your annual reminder. Do not look up Mario Edwards Hotel. <laughs> I forgot. I was supposed to bring that up in every like every episode this season. I remember I mentioned that at like the beginning of this season. And I forgot we'll just, to. We'll just remind our audience every year at uh to not look up Mario Edwards Hotel. Yeah. Every January 10th, you will be reminded to not look up Mario Edwards. <laughs> All right, anyways, I think something that went under the radar, so everyone's, like, predicting Justin Jones to get cut, right? To yeah. deal. Well, Ryan Poles ended up praising Justin Jones for the work he's done this season. So. I actually like Justin Jones. I really don't yeah. feel like that bad of a piece. He's had, like, the most sacks in the D-line at three and a half. For a, D- for, for a three-tech that really wasn't really supposed to be, like, a three-tech that was, supposed to, that was, like, our backup, wasn't too bad in my eyes. No, like I, I feel like I can when I watched the Bears play. Like I feel like I the D line, you know, it obviously had long stretches where it felt like no pressure was there. But I feel like Jones was like one of the few guys kind of getting back there. Yeah. Uh, Poles was asked about who he views as a blue chip on this roster, and I when I heard that question, I expected him to say either Eddie, Jalen, or Mooney. Or maybe even Tevin, but instead he said commit. Yeah, no, I could. Which I, I obviously I see that. Paul said he elevated his game. Obviously, seven touchdowns easily passed anything he'd ever done before. Now the yards weren't were as much as he had in twenty twenty one. But everyone's yards were down this year. Yeah, he had he did lead the team in receiving yards. He was the only guy to pass five hundred. Mooney would have passed five hundred by the way if he had played. Um, yeah, definitely sixteen. Yeah, it was seven yards away. There's no way he plays five more games and only gets six yards. My. Let's see. Yeah, our receiving leaders did not really do too much. The best wide receiver outside of Mooney and EQ was Dante Pettis with 245 yards. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about oh. <laughs> What? Dante Pettis. I just – I don't want him back personally. I'm I'm sorry, but – I thought it was serviceable as a punt returner. He's a I, very good punt returner. I just, you know what? I feel like you should. I feel like you can bring him in like a camp body because if Vilas still can't catch punts, kind of need a guy. But if Vilas learns how to catch punts, then you can just like, you can like bring him back on like some cheap deal. You can probably give him like what EQ got, and like you can that you don't take as much of a hit if you don't have him back. Yeah. The issue with Pettis is like he ha- he has caught some touchdowns, but he's also made some bad drops. He has a no, he has a brutal case of the drops, dude. He is Well, to be fair, on those short passes, everyone drop has dropped those. Like every yeah, no. single player on this team like had some kind of I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's a Justin issue or a receiver issue. I don't but... think it's a Justin issue God. because Justin's been like throwing them like perfectly. But like Komet does this all the time. Komet can catch, like, good balls downfield. You saw that one-handed catch against Atlanta. But, like, for some reason, when Komet gets, like, a two-yard pass, he drops it. No, Komet, Komet has the weirdest hand still. Like, like he, he can make insane, ridiculous, absurd contested catches and then drop a slant. Like, it, it's, it's so – it's just <laughs> – Mind you, I would also like to point out how Tristan Ebner was our receiving back was okay. our quote-unquote receiving back, and at the same amount of yards as he had targets. <laughs> That's awful. That's Trayvon Wesco had the same number of catches as Ebner, and he still had – and he had – and he had – what is that? 18 more yards than him. Amir Smith-Marset had one catch, and he had 15 yards, which hmm. is more than Ebner. Ebner was – he was not a good pick. No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> Paul should have just get, given up after he couldn't pick after Ebner couldn't pick Ebner's phone died or something like that. <laughs> like of all running backs, why him? I don't know. <laughs> and then, like the thing that really scared me, it was in that like was the one video of how he was just here receiving back and he dropped that pass in camp. Oh my god! And it was like right in his hands too. Ebner had 763 rushing yards last year, or in his final college season. He had, um, 
So what the fuck? So his those stats were carried by games against Texas State and Texas Southern. Dude, what was Poles cooking? <laughs> now, when he played against Oklahoma State on uh, October 2nd, he had eight carries for zero yards. No, seriously, what was Poles cooking? <laughs> His best game outside of those first two was against BYU with 95 yards. He had two touchdowns. Now, I will give him credit. His receiving was actually decent. One game where he caught 118 yards. On a, and most of that was carried by a 61-yard catch. What was What was he cooking? He had 284 receiving yards and 763 uh, cat or cat or receiving or rushing yards. What was you cooking? What is this? Let's take a look at Edinburgh's college stats. Ebner never topped 799. He had the same amount of years played in college as Vilas. Oh my god. He never topped 348 receiving yards. <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. What the fuck? <laughs> Bro, and like remember when we um remember when we uh you know how they all did their like little draft videos, like like saying hi to like Barris fans and all that. Yeah. The only well, actually, no. Trenton Gill's like didn't wear it, but Trenton Gill was dripped out, so he did, he can he gets a pass. But like the only one not to wear like the Bears hat was Ender. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> he was like he also didn't even sound like excited. Oh man. Oh, we need Monty back, and Pulls wants Monty back too. That's a that's the great thing. Yeah, no, Monty's looking a little more likely by the day, which is which is encouraging. But Pulse really said he wants he wants money back. Yeah, so that's pretty much the big notes from the press conference. Uh, yep. Um. You want to do end of season awards? You still here? You still here? Yeah. Okay. Did you hear me? Or yeah, yeah. About the oh uh, Mitch Reppins thing. Uh no. You cut out. Cut out for a second or some shit. Yeah. All right. So what I said, you know Peter Bukowski. Oh my god! I think I know what you're talking about. So he made a take today that said that Mitch had worse weapons in 2018 than Fields did this year. Give Mitch the same – or give Fields the same weapons and we're a playoff team. Like, seriously, just add Mooney and Kovac. We're a playoff team. Give me Prime Allen Robinson on this team and Fields has a much better season. That's that's just, like, a blatantly wrong take. Like <laughs> – I mean, people like to talk about how Fields hasn't, like, arrived as a pastor and he still needs Salvador as a pastor. Even Paul said this. Yeah. Um, That's yeah, I, I, I got to agree with this, honestly. But, again, going to be a lot better with an actual offense next year. But I don't think he needs to work, like, too much. Like, I really just think it's more little things than anything because this deep ball is – it's insane. Like, Yeah. But, I mean, like, getting, like, the O-line help, obviously, like, that kind of, like, brings this stuff down, so – We're on this. We're at the point where the media just fucking hates Fields for some for literally no reason. Oh but yeah, the fact they just exist every year, every off season. I feel like last year, and yet I guarantee you, pretty boy Mac Jones is not going to get any kind of hate this off season. Of course not, because you know he's he is a struggling young quarterback in a broken offense, and the Patriots should not give up on him just yet because he still has loads of potential. 
Yeah, really. Not fun. Not fun. Um. Okay. So, uh, want to talk some like draft prospects or some shit like that? Uh. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, like, obviously, we think we're gonna trade back. <sighs> I feel like people like to hype up like a trade back, but like you could always like, if the Bears get to like draft day and they're like running out of time and they can't like make a pick or they can't make a team or they like they can't get a deal done. There's always still the possibility of them taking a defensive player at one. Yeah, I think it's going to be Will if we go one. Like, I, like- I, I know, like, people are, like, everyone assumes they're going to trade down. And obviously, Poles is, like, open for business. But, like, if nobody offers a good enough deal, Poles can, will easily just take best available, which is Will. All right, so Will is my top player in the draft. A lot of people like to hype up Jalen Carter and say he's the top player. I think Mel Kuyper has him number one on his big board. You know one um, thing about Jalen Carter, though? Hmm. I think he's a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I, I, think, he, I think he's a bust. I have – you know how there's concerns about – how there was apparently concerns about character issues? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's character issues. I think he's fine character-wise. I have – what I think that – I have concerns about his work ethic, though. I have big concerns about his work ethic because he's got all the talent in the world. But when you watch the games, like, you know how, like the national championship game, you guys probably watched that game. And uh, yeah, TCU lost 65 to seven to Georgia. And like Carter did nothing. No, here's, here's where I'm concerned. I feel like his conditioning is, is dreadful. Um, I don't think it's his conditioning. Cause he can power through anyone. The issue with Carter is, is he just loafs? Yeah. Floos does not like guys that will look. Let's compare Will. Will gives intensity every single play. Carter does not. Carter could be the more talented guy. However, he's not more work because Carter doesn't give effort every single play. If he gave effort every single play, he would be. He definitely would have like led the nation in sacks this year. And I also feel like when I looked at how Georgia's D-line played, like all their guys just plug and play, and they seem to be doing like really well, almost as well as not – I want to – how do I phrase this? But like I don't want to say system, but it – he's definitely had more help than people like to admit from his from his other D-line counterparts. Yeah, people say – people say he's the best like D-lineman on – the from uh the, he was the best uh, D lineman last year and there were like three first round picks on that D line but like was was it really all him or was it um or did um was it really just a lot of help that's my big concern did he get a lot of help or was it all him. Now, I didn't watch a lot of George games last year, so I don't really know. But, like, from what I saw in the playoffs, I did not like Jalen Carter. Ooh. I like what I saw from Will, though. I don't think Will registered anything against K-State, but he did, like, he did he did get some pressures in there. Like, he was getting to the QB and all that. Yeah. I think Carter's a boss. You know who else I think is a bust might be Quentin Johnston. I don't think eh. I don't think he has as much potential to be a bust, but um, he just did not have a good game either yesterday. I feel like I feel like bowl games. I mean, obviously, I feel like they're really more important for quarterback than any position. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see Johnston not working out, but. You know that one guy, Shy Bear Center. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he said he said like like he he apparently he's he likes to flex like whenever he like predicts something, and like he's like, oh yeah, I said I said Johnston wasn't gonna get um over twenty five yards, and I was right. He's a bust and all that shit. Yeah, Johnston had one catch for three yards, but then you but look at his game against Michigan. Like he had six catches for one hundred and sixty three yards. Like yeah, I I'm up and down. I don't think we should take him though if we trade down. So like, and we're still in the top ten. No, I like JSN better, honestly. 
I think JSN is worth a top 10 pick. I like if we can get lower and still have him on the board, do it. But if we're at like say seven or eight, take him. Like, take, I think he's the best receiver in this class still. I think he's being slept on heavily. He only had 43 receiving yards this year, but obviously he was injured like all season. He was injured all season, and I feel like his route running is second to none in this class. Yeah, it was really good in 2021. The obviously everyone brings up the whole fields like he was teammates with fields, but he didn't really play too much. Play. Um, that 347 yard game in the Rose Bowl last year, though. Imagine the Bears can get um can tra- trade down with Houston to like because like Houston's paranoid about the Colts. The Bears trade down with the Colts. They get four and twelve. They they select Will that's, Anderson at four, and then at twelve they get JSN, and then with another one, and then with one of those trades you get a future first. Instead of Colts trade, you get a future first as well. Colts are shitty next year, and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. Perfect. <laughs> oh, and then the Colts also give you Buckner in that trade. God, my my big dream. Is a D line of Ngakwe, Buckner, Payne, and Anderson, and then getting JSN at twelve. That would instantly take our D line from the one of the worst this year to arguably the best. Because you got Ngakwe, who who's kind of like Quinn in the sense that he has really good years, and then he has like a quote unquote down year. But even on his down years, he hasn't put up less than eight sacks. Yeah, no, Ngakwe would be huge for us. Especially if we don't go Will Anderson. Yeah. I saw that the commanders are going to try and sign Devon Payne. Yeah, I I, I kind of feel like that was expected. I I'm kind of worried that they placed the tag on him, though. I oh, I forgot. We need to laugh at the Packers. Oh, my God. How could we forget? So, Aaron the Packers. Rogers, uh, what, what happened? Uh, how'd you lose to Detroit Lions? Uh, so, the Packers went on a four-game win streak to go to 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, we're going to the playoffs. We're, we're going to beat that 500 team in Detroit. What's that one stupid Rodgers quote? Um, I've always went out in these situations or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then – uh. Dan Campbell, being the giga chat he is, goes out and beats him with nothing to play for, by the way. Except to ruin you. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Seattle's win earlier in the in the uh, day costs them a chance to playoffs. Hey, look, as much as I love the Lions, they're still a division rival, and that knocked both of them out. Yeah. I posted something on my story called uh, the hater scenario, and it came true. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so... They took him down with them, and it looks like it was Rogers' final game. I mean, this has happened eight times, but this might really be it. Like, I, I know I, we say this every year, but this might really, really be it. I genuinely think he's – I he might – because, like, the other couple two years, I don't think he was really considering retirement. I think it was more so he kind of wanted to, like, get a trade or something. But I actually genuinely think he's very, very considering retirement. If he wasn't considering retirement, he would have given his jersey to Jamison Williams. At that, I didn't. I, obviously, I, I didn't really think. I didn't actually think Rogers were going to retire for this year. I thought he was going to retire after next year at earliest. But when uh, when he told Jamison Williams he was going to hold on to his to this jersey, I think he's kind of really debating it. Along with that thing with Randall Cobb, he had at the end of the game that sh- that corny ass shit where he had his like where they had their arms wrapped around each other. Yeah, it's over. And this is funny. So obviously, we think. Um, so obviously, love Jordan loves our future, right? Unfortunate. So three years, and so he's got. So this is the last year. So they're gonna have to place the fifth year option on him this year because if they if he does well this year, they're not gonna want him to just walk next offseason, right? So, yeah, they're gonna place the tag. They're gonna place it on Jordan Love. Okay, fine, whatever. If it at, at best, it's two years of shitty QB play. Oh, what what's this? Oh, if Rogers retire, what is this about dead cap if Rogers retires? 
Oh, what you're telling me is that if Aaron Rodgers retires, Green Bay will not be able to afford to place the fifth-year option on Love. Absolutely fucking hilarious. Congrats, Packers. You've won the prize of Zach Wilson being your quarterback in 2024. How do you feel? (laughs) I am very worried now. Because now I feel like Green Bay is going to be bad next year. And you know who the quarterback at one is going to be. I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think I think they're going to be Houston, laughing. not Houston. Who the fuck will need a court? Who will need a quarterback next year? That's interesting. Not this oh, year, but next year. The Packers. Loki, you want to? I, I I don't want it to happen, but I think the Lions might might throw in another tank. I don't think so. I think the the Lions GM Lily said that Goff's their franchise QB. Not gonna lie, Jared Goff had a bounce back here this year. When did the Rams have their pick again? Twenty twenty six, I think. Jesus Christ! Okay. I don't. I actually think. I wonder if they'll trade somebody to move, or they'll. They might lose. They might blow it up this offseason. They, that's the team I could see blowing it up. Yeah, but like, if if, if especially if if McVeigh if McVeigh leaves, they're blowing it up. What can they realistic? Okay, so they can't. I guess they can trade their players for picks, but I mean, yeah, your most think Aaron Donald could get them are Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, we'll neither of which I really want both of them. Yeah, we'll give you the our second round pick for both of them. Oh, okay. I fucking hate the people that the Steelers fans are like. Oh, thanks for the thirty second overall pick. We didn't like, know it at the time. Like nobody fucking cares. We have the first pick. We do not care. That trade was always meant for the future. Plus, we're going to recoup that when we trade down with Houston for for 2, 12, and 33. <laughs> we're just going to – it just doesn't matter. So, you, we, like, live right free in your heads. And, like, people – and like, I'm, these people are all, like, box score watchers and don't watch the games because they would know – Claypool missed two games, and like Fields, like by the time Claypool got here, by the time Claypool in the field, the playbook, Fields had already like gotten hurt in the end of this season. Like Claypool, this past week, just now, this would have been like the perfect week for Taron Fields, but I think it was very clear that Eberflus was tanking. By the way, this last game. Oh no, he. Especially such- after that punt, like inside like the thirty or like inside the forty, because old tank commander, Cairo was hitting those kicks from there in pregame. So, like when he went um at halftime, he went out there. He was kicking to the other end zone, but he was hitting from like fifty four, like good, like clearing it. And it, it was it wasn't super windy though. So the Vikings kicker missed an extra point. That's funny. Yeah. When uh, it went to halftime, did they ever like come back and tell you guys that the kick was no good? You cut out. You cut out. Yeah, I don't remember. Um. Well, because what happened was, essentially, what ended up happening. So if so, it so obviously you guys probably went to have thinking it was nineteen six. Um, they reviewed it obviously to see what if there was um if the clock had ran out because, like, they had to scramble. So what they found was that the clock, they did get it off, but they but what happened, the Vikings had too many men on the field. The Vikings had too many players on the football field, and their the field goal did not count. And then they benched Kirk for Nick Mullins and – yeah, they, they, they threw in the towel. Well, not throwing the towel because they won. But I find it hilarious how Justin Jefferson, like, didn't he need some – just, like, a few, like, more yards? Like, some kind of, like – it like, a very, like, reachable goal to, like, break some, like, receiving record, I think, for, like, you, yards. He was Greg close. Trump. He was close to re- uh, breaking the rec- some kind of record. And I find it hilarious how, uh, how Harrison Hand had him in Alcatraz. <laughs> And then Nick Mullins came in and like some like random backups started playing and all that. Never let Tim Boyle cook again though. 
Oh my God, Jesus. <laughs> oh man. All right, you want to do some awards? Yeah, we'll do end of season. All right, so I'm gonna pull up because I did my fanboarding. I I meant to re- I meant to like publish to like make like the graphic today, but like I kind of forgot. So here's what the fans said. So the voted so the Bear Cave uh, vote awards MVP went to Fields with 92 percent of the vote. Respectable. Yep. It was uh, Herbert Monty and uh, not Herbert Monty. Herbert Tevin and. Uh, but Eddie were all the other ones. Eddie had 4%. That was the other highest. Uh, offensive player of the year also went to Fields with 53%. Komet was at the next high at 35. Herbert and, Monty and Moody both had six. People, uh, Bears then said Monty, and I, I was thinking, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but Monty probably wouldn't win over Fields, honestly. I would not. And I think Komet probably would have been, should have been an offensive player of the year over Monty. In my opinion, but whatever. Uh, defensive player of the year was a little closer. Um, Eddie won with forty six percent. Brisker thirty eight percent. That's what I would have gone with. And then Sam Bourne had ten, and then JJ had six. <coughs> Offensive rookie of the year, Braxton won with seventy eight percent. Really, the obvious choice. Valus had fifteen percent. Somehow Ebner got eight percent of the votes. And then Ooh. there were like, and there were like no other offensive lineman that played. Other offensive players, so I just gave I I threw Jatire uh, Carter in there. Poor Jatire got zero percent of the vote. I thought he played well against Minnesota, though. Oh, all twenty two is out. I meant to look at that. I meant to watch that. Anyways, I'll do that at some point. Defensive rookie uh, went to Brisker by a long mile, mind you. This is um the drafted players, not the UDFA. That was a whole other section. <coughs> Brisker won with eighty three percent of the vote. Gordon had 13%, Don Brav had 2%, and Elijah Hicks had 1%. Exactly where it should be, yeah. I thought Gordon could have been a little higher, though, honestly. With those, especially at the end of the season, but whatever. Best UDFA went to Sanborn in the blowout, 89%. Um, Jalen Jones had 9%. I am very disappointed at the disrespect Josh Blackwell received here. Only 1% of the vote. Damn. I am very disappointed because he was a good player like Richard Hightower said he he was playing at Pro Bowl level on special teams coverage now nobody really watches special teams coverage but yeah like I feel disrespected by that and Jake Tong's got 1% of the vote too the best signing was uh, EQSB with 49% Uh, Morrow got 37% Mike Pennell got 7%. That was mainly the Bear Cave chat that voted Mike Pennell, by the way. Legalize. And a boss. <laughs> That's a hilarious video. I feel like I feel like Justin Jones should have been up there, in my opinion. I, I, I forgot to add Justin Jones. I realized that later on my like, shoot. EQ was very, very solid. And I... then Blazing Game got 7%. So. The best play was the Fields run by versus the Dolphins, which uh, everyone voted for seventy six percent. EQ's catch with his, versus the Packers again, another disrespected play. Only got one percent. He cooked Jair Alexander, and everyone voted for Fields run, Fields because he made some godly run. But obviously, I, that was a great run. I think the Lions run is, if in my opinion, is more impressive. I don't I know. Love- I I really I feel like the well the, the Lions run was more of a design run. That the run from against the Dolphins wasn't really designed because you could tell he was gonna throw it and then he just stopped and then ran. Yeah, that's, that's the true. that's why I didn't the, put, put the Lions and Packers runs up there because the Packers run was all, the same thing as the Lions. They were both design runs, but like I, but like the improvisation on that play, um, really my favorite. Uh, Brisker pick versus the Patriots was twenty two percent. That was a that was a dub. The revenge pick, and then uh, the pet the Pettis opening day TD was one percent. So, and then the best backup, uh, DHC won with 47 percent. Jalen Jones got thirty four percent. Josh Blackwell got thirteen percent, and Darrington Evans got six percent. That was the fan votes. Now let's go through our predict picks. So for MVP, I would I would give Fields it. Offensive player of the year, I would have given Komet it. Personally, I'm giving Komet offensive player there just because of how. I would have, I would have either won Komet or maybe I would have considered Tevin too. 
that's fair, Tevin as well. Yeah, I I, I should have added him. Uh, one one category I didn't add was best of line because our line sucked, but uh, Tevin would have won that easily. Braxton probably got a few votes too. Defensive, I'll go Eddie because obviously, yeah, there's no one else. Eddie, there's no one else. I mean, offensive rookie. Oh, as much as we love Vilas on the pod, we'll go with Braxton. The obvious choice. Uh, defensive rookie. Um, Brixer. Brisker, yeah. Best UDFA was Sanborn. Best signing was. Ooh, what is the best signing? Who was the best signing? I'm gonna go Justin Jones. I'll go with. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll join you on that. I think Justin Jones played pretty well. Yeah, I should have added him. Pulls his first free agent free agency class is pretty weak. Um, yeah. But again, it was a weak class to begin with, and we had like no money. Yeah. And then uh, the best play. Uh, the Fields run versus Dolphins. You know what play I also thought was really mm-hmm. impressive from that Dolphins game? Mm-hmm. Komet's first touchdown. Oh, that was cool too. I and again, that's a really a good play by Fields because of the the way he faked the defender out. That's the way. That's the reason. Like, that's probably my that was my favorite play to watch on all twenty two because I just loved looking at the defender's eyes. One second, sir. Anyways, you guys, I just really love looking at, like, the defender's eyes and watching it, like, how it unfolded, like, how the defender looked at him. Like, we was looking at Herbert, thinking the ball was in Herbert's hands. Saw Fields, almost got Fields, and the Fields just created, like, five years of separation. It was a beautiful play. Um, And then uh, that was probably my favorite play from the Dolphin. Not my favorite play from the Dolphin. The fields run. Feels though the Mooney in that game was also really good. Perfect dime to the back corner. That's the game we really saw what Fields could do well roundedly. In my eyes, a couple touchdown passes. Uh, actually, three touchdown passes, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Because they went for two and got the two on that, and they also keep the field goal. Just imagine if we hadn't let that palm return happen or if our defense was actually competent. EQSB, I also considered the Nikhil catch for the voting. Um, thought that was really good. Brisker's pick was a was the obvious choice from that game just because so, a great revenge story. And then I and then I threw Pettis' TD. I don't want to do two plays from one game, so I threw Pettis' right. TD in. Are you um, back? Yep. Uh, I wanted to give an honorable mention to the Nikhil Harry throw. Uh, yes, I was literally just talking about that. Yeah. Um. I if I didn't get I didn't put two plays in uh here from the same game I didn't want to but uh that would definitely would have should would have made it um and then the backup who was the best backup very interesting very interesting uh maybe a kill I mean if it, if he counts as backup I'll go with Blackwell honestly Blackwell yeah. Got to get that exclusive rights for today. All right, so there's the end of season awards. But as you guys know, there is one award on here that has just become iconic in this podcast. Oh Jesus! And we for, we have kind of for we have kind of forgot about it a little bit the last few weeks. But um, I would like to bring up to you guys that uh, it's not going away. We cannot have this going away. It is time to present to you guys our 2022 J.P. Holtz Award winner. Yep, that's right. All those of you who have missed this award so much, we are here. It is time to give our award. Now, unfortunately, there's no easy pick for coaching because Nagy's not here. Right. Um, There is a Dead set obvious pick for offense, but oh yes, oh yes, we already know. <laughs> we'll just present Sam Mustafer with the award right away. Congratulations, sir! You have won. You are the most incompetent center I have ever seen play, probably ever. 
Man, to think I thought this guy was the future back in 2020. Oh, Jesus. He was actually good in 2020. Okay, give that to me. He was. I just, the fall off was un- unprecedented. Now, defensively, again, we don't have a Kindle Vildor. So, who do we think it was? Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give it to Travis because he sacked Aaron Rodgers twice. So he's off the he's off the list. Uh, I don't. I can't really give it to Robert Quinn because he he wasn't here. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't seem fair. Um, you you never know. If Quinn had stuck with the Bears, maybe he could have gotten like twenty sacks in the second half after that Patriots game. Uh, how about Jesus, man? I mean, they all played like collectively bad. There's no like pre, pre um, pre commanders game, Jalen Jones, pre commanders game, Jalen Jones. Oh, man, who was who would take one? God, who 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 sucked on another level this year? Because it needs to be a guy that sucked all year. It yeah. can't just be a random dude. The JP Olsen would lose the integrity if that happened. Fuck. This is, this is a struggle. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of edge rushers. Ah, uh, I mean, they played like bad, but not like. Dishonorably, I can't say Taco because he was only here for like three games. Yeah, <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Who I need to go through our roster and see. Who was there? Was like no clear cut bad person. Everyone was just collectively terrible. Oh, oh, I found it. Angelo Blackson. Oh my lord. Or Al Kadim Muhammad. Oh yeah, no, he was not good either. <laughs> Who is it gonna be? I'm gonna give it to Blackson because I feel like Muhammad sometimes had his moments. Yeah. Angelo Blackson. Yep. Here is your J.P. Holtz Award. Now you are a free agent, and we do not want you back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Now we got to go to special teams. Uh, I mean, for the start of the year, it was it was pretty clear, but he, he definitely made up for it in the end. Yeah, good kick returns, so can't really give it to them. Uh, Jesus, I might, I don't really want to give it to this guy, but I mean, got to make those PATs. Yeah, man, Santos. Sorry, this is your one and only time, Cairo. If you come back next year and hit it, we'll revoke this award for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll elite the only, uh, the only ever JP Holtz revoke if you can start making these PATs. Practice squad. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's pretty obvious. Ensemble? Yep. Yep. By the way, where the fuck was Samus Reyes this whole time? No, seriously. I wanted to see his debut at defensive end. <laughs> Better than Blackson. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool, but we just didn't get it. He's a def- he's an athletic freak, and it's just unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But... Anyways, uh, finally, we've reached coaching. Lord, who? What was the worst position group? Do we give it to Allen Williams? Allen Williams has schemed some some nothing. Um, but I don't know. Tyke Tolbert. What's what? What did Tyke Tolbert do? Receivers coach. Yeah, well, to be fair, the receivers are all like guys who would probably be flipping burgers if they thought of. That's true. true. He didn't have much to work with. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Tyke Tolbert catching strays out of nowhere. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tyke. I I didn't. I didn't mean to. 
Um, uh, let's give it to, uh, you know what? Fuck it. We'll give it to Nagy. <laughs> you know why? Because Nagy coached the game in 2022. That is true. Counts in my book. He uh, coached two games, actually. And right? I'm sure we lost one of them, at least. Uh, fuck. Who was the other game? Yeah, we lost the Vikings game for sure, but I forgot who the other game was. Let's see, let's see, let's see. We already had played the Lions twice. We had played the Packers twice. We had played the Vikings um, twice. Oh, Giants. It was a Giants game. What happened that game? That game's a... Oh, no, we won. That was the game Glennon had, like, negative pass yards. Yeah, no, we won that, sadly. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I think that'll do it for this end-of-season episode. Um, We'll come back at some point with some kind of episode. We'll do a we'll do a postseason recap. Yeah. At some point. Maybe bring Maddie Bruce one on the podcast because he asked. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll cook. Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Uh yeah, we want three and fourteen next season. We're making the playoffs. All right. Bye everyone.